When you are able to understand your spouse's point of view and can acknowledge or communicate that to him or her, that has a hugely positive impact on your marriage. It reduces the likelihood of divorce, contributes to stability in your relationship, helps you adjust to life changes, and improves everyone's satisfaction with the relationship. So we're going to dive deep on empathy today so that you can dive deep on intimacy in your marriage. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a very understanding, empathic episode for you this week. This is episode number 235. And today we're going to be talking about how empathy deepens intimacy. So we've had a four-part series on intimacy, looking at how vulnerability, irreducibility, and curiosity deepen intimacy. Today is the last in this little mini-series on the four building blocks of intimacy. So make sure you check out all four episodes to get the full picture. Hey there. Also, do make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound, research-based advice, and most of all, we offer hope. So, Caleb. Yes, ma'am. Why do empathy? What's the point? Well, as uh, you mentioned in the intro to today's show, empathy has a quite a wide, wide range of benefits to marriage, as you might expect. Uh, first of all, empathy for your spouse, this is from a study back in 1999, is a huge contributor to a well-adjusted and stable marriage relationship, which makes sense, right? The ability to understand your spouse's point of view, that has a strong impact on their ability to adjust to being married to you, and it decreases the likelihood of divorce. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, researchers also noted that the empathy is so important that some marriage counselors suggest that empathy training is a necessary part or like a prerequisite to marriage. I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, it'd certainly be helpful. Mm-hmm. In our marriage counseling, we integrate empathy development into the process of helping couples find new ways of interacting, like when we're working on their dance through mm-hmm. emotionally focused couples mm-hmm. therapy. That's one 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 part of it, right? So if you did it before... Then they might never come see us. Then you might never need to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be unacceptable. No, um... I do think it's a it's a wise thing to do. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I'm objecting to it slightly. It's not I don't think it's for self interest. It just Some people maybe are a little bit more natural with empathy. Yeah. 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 And I try to think I don't actually know of any resources like that, even though it's a great idea. Anyways, let's not get stuck on that. No. And they've also found that higher expressions of empathic understanding uh lead to improved relationship satisfaction, as you as you well know. And it makes sense. When I feel understood by you, it's much more satisfying than feeling never understood or rarely feeling understood. Right. Right. Yeah. So Okay, so we know how good it is. Like what is it? Well, the simplest definition of empathy is taking on someone else's perspective. And by taking it on, I mean standing in their shoes and seeing the world through their lenses, like through their eyes. It doesn't mean that you have to agree necessarily or adopt that perspective or even endorse it. Uh, so that that's often kind of one of the objections mm-hmm. to empathy mm-hmm. is, you know what, if I see the world through your eyes, what if that's wrong? Which is a pretty mm-hmm. unempathic perspective to start from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just looking at something through someone else's eyes and being willing to go there because of compassion, 
and just sort okay. of acknowledging that, you know what, there must be a reason why they see it this way. Right. And that, that kind of leads to another definition that we have, which is trying to understand what a situation is like for someone else. That is also another way to look at empathy. Right. It's putting yourself in their shoes, both mentally and emotionally. And uh, I think it's good here, too, to note the distinction between empathy and sympathy. Sympathy is more feeling sorry for someone, where empathy is feeling with someone. So I'm sorry you got hurt is sympathy. I feel your hurt is empathy. Okay. Makes sense? Kind of, but I didn't know that you could feel someone's hurt as such. Well, like, if you if you let yourself down into their experience to a certain degree, yeah, absolutely you can. And okay. Or maybe another way to do it that might make more sense is I could see why that would really hurt. That's, oh, okay. that's empathic, right? Yeah. So that's looking through their eyes at the situation okay. and going, okay, yeah, my I would register the same experience as you. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. And that's really validating. So empathy is built on on three things, honesty, compassion, and equity. Okay. And uh, starting with honesty, you can't expect your spouse to try to see things from your perspective if you're not honest about what that perspective is. Mm. And and maybe honest versus not honest is not always so much the case as um, you know open and disclosing versus assuming that they know, right? Right. But if you're hurt or offended by something that's happened, you have to tell the truth about that and or bring it out. And if you can't be forthcoming about what you're experiencing, then you can't really expect someone to empathize with you during that experience, right? Right, because they don't know. Right. And so sometimes, this will sound funny, but just let me explain this. Sometimes we're dishonest in relatively genuine ways. And by that, I simply mean that we might tell our spouse, no, I'm fine, when really I'm not fine, but I want to protect them from what I'm seeing or experiencing. Or I don't have the courage in that moment to be vulnerable. That's another possibility. And so I think even apart from honesty, there is that need, if we want to deepen our intimacy, to be willing to show up and be seen, to kind of pull out that experience and say, hey, okay, this is what's going on. Yeah. And uh, that ties back to our episode on the need for vulnerability in order to build intimacy, which was uh, by three episodes back in episode 232. Okay. And then compassion is another part to it. So this term is closely related to sympathy, but compassion is really about having a caring response to the challenges that your spouse goes through. So researchers are essentially suggesting that in order to show empathy and feel with your spouse, you need to start by able by being able to feel for your spouse. Okay. So I feel for you. That's compassion. There's a softness there, right? It's, is that kind of like the sympathy? Like, I'm sorry you got hurt. No. How is no. this different? Oh boy. Now those, these are hard to peel apart, but Compassion is, like I said, it's feeling for your spouse. Yeah. It's not feeling sorry for your spouse. Like it's bad that happened to you. It's like, oh, I feel for your feelings. Like I'm letting, oh. I'm letting myself emotionally engage with what you're feeling and responding appropriately. I'm attuned. That's compassion. Okay. Or sympathy is more like, oh, that's too bad that you have to deal with that. And I could care less possibly while expressing sympathy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And then there's equity as in the quality of being fair and impartial. So if you don't see yourself and your spouse as equals, like equally deserving of love and care and respect, then you would not see the need to sometimes at least see the world through their eyes. And so equity in this context is really about respect. And it takes a certain level of respect for someone to even try to understand things from their perspective. If you don't respect them, it's really natural to immediately dismiss their perspective. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So... Well, Caleb, we often hear people say like, well, my spouse can't do empathy. Like, how do you, is that true or is that just a... Yeah, well, that's a good question. So yeah, we had those building blocks, honesty and compassion and equity. And I think most people should be able to do those, right? Okay. And uh, and like a lack of empathy might just be due to how they were raised or socialized. So possibly um, you could think of it like an atrophied social muscle 
Okay. Maybe it was never encouraged during their childhood or it was something that they never exercised. So, you know, technically only a sociopath or a psychopath is incapable of empathy. There's some personality disorders that would have difficulty showing empathy. Okay. So that, I mean, you may have that going on. But for some of you, it may just be that you see your spouse showing more empathy in some other relationships than he or she does with you. And of course, it's super easy to get offended at that because it's like, well, why don't I get the empathy, right? I must not value right. me as much. I'm but not as important. Yeah, easy to conclude that. But researchers have also found that some people tend to express more empathy in specific contexts and specific relationships than others. So they really, it comes naturally to them in one context and for whatever is going on with them. And again, this requires empathy on your part now. There's mm-hmm. some reason why in the marriage context, it's not as strong. Okay. I don't know. So I would just say kind of like, don't be too quick to decide that empathy is something your spouse is not capable of. If you see them show it to others, don't assume that it means that there's any deep-seated vendetta against you. And I would kind of go with our discussion about curiosity last week and how important it is not to jump to conclusions. Yeah. So the best approach here might be to discuss the different situations and circumstances that are that where you see them expressing empathy and just kind of figure out, well, what's going on there in a gentle way. Uh, Some people are just more likely to feel empathy for people that they see as more vulnerable or more in need of support. And maybe they see you as strong. Well, that is so true. Yeah. Like for people that I think should know better. Yeah. Right. I would have less patience, for example. Right. Same kind of thing. Right. So, I mean, the good news is if they're able to do it in, in, in another context, then you know they're capable of expressing empathy, right? Right. Just might need a little help and guidance there. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. And so, once again, we created an extra for our much appreciated supporters. And this week's is kind of fun. It's actually an, an empathy game you can play with your spouse that kind of opens up the whole empathy topic and gets you engaged with starting to figure out why empathy or starting, sorry, starting to figure out the difference between empathy versus sympathy and maybe even what is just not helpful. Okay. And so you can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break to let our listeners know more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to The Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about what to do if you think your spouse can't do empathy. Mm-hmm. And now... So what if you can do empathy? How do you do it? How do you do it better? Well, there's three ways that we want to help folks with. The first thing is just kind of a simple, well, actually, I like all these. They're kind of simple principles, uh, and then we'll just unpack them a bit. Act like it's not all about you. That's the first one. And this is the learned habit of showing your empathy to your spouse. So when we say act, we mean demonstrate this behavior, not Mm -hmm. pretend. Yes. It's no use to feel the empathy down inside you, but never show that to your spouse. I mean, that's something that could be going on kind of relevant to our previous Uh, question, too. Yes. 
Now, to show it to your spouse, you're going to have to at least temporarily put your own ideas and feelings on the back burner. And I would just say, you know, don't worry. If you're creating an intimate connection with your spouse, your spouse will make sure you have time to share your ideas and feelings too. But practically, it might look like this. Your spouse comes home and they start to tell you about a long, crazy day they had. Well, don't be too quick to jump in with how much longer and crazier yours was. Okay. They'll feel defeated and diminished. And then you've actually closed off the door to intimacy. So this is kind of the acting like it's not all about you, right? Okay. But when you create room for your spouse to share and you show him or her the respect of exploring and acknowledging his or her experience, and you kind of just fully go into that and go with that Mm -hmm. before you turn to yourself, then your spouse knows that you truly care for them because you've spent the time to identify with and validate and enter into their experience. Okay. And I think we all know this, right? If if we find ourselves in a conversation where the person we're talking to always has a better story mm-hmm. and never actually acknowledges anything I say, like I give up after a while. I just yeah, don't bother. Do. Because I can see there's no connection going to happen. There's no relationship here. It's just about you having a better story. So I'm like, okay, you just talk. I'll eat my food. That's where I go, right? <laughs> yes. I know. And, and I'm not- but that- I'm not saying you should do that because I'm not the greatest conversationalist. I should try to go to curiosity, but I'm just Mm -hmm. like, I give up. But that's kind of like judgmental too. Like that's saying like, this should be more about me at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So can I be defensive for a minute here? Maybe. Depends what you have to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I have to say is just that like this occurs, especially in those moments where the person doesn't even acknowledge what you're saying. It's just like they have a story back. Right. And I get that. I understand that. And so there's no, there like is the no one-upmanship kind of. Yeah. I don't even know if they're doing that, but when they're not acknowledging you, like there's no relationship building that's going on. So if there's no relationship, why am I spending time trying to connect? But that is so shallow. Sorry. I well, think that that's Well, for shallow. an introvert who has a limited amount of words, I would be more likely to move on to someone. I, not because I want to be heard, but because I'm looking for something that's reciprocated. Yeah. Do you think I should still reform myself? No, I get that. And I think I'd be more comfortable with moving on than just shutting down in a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I hear people through. I think I'm pretty patient. Well, I think you're very patient. Okay. Yeah. But it, so, but this is the key, right? Is what my experience is, is I'm not, I'm not building intimacy with this person. Right. And I don't mean like romantic intimacy. I right. just mean friendship. Yeah. Because it, it just feels like it can't happen because there's not even an acknowledgement of what I just said. I might as well have said it to the wall. Yeah. I think that I'm kind of arguing here because this is kind of hitting close to home. Oh, and this is, you don't do this to me. Yeah, but I, I do it to other people, like in friendships. Like I, you up their story. I, it's not like I'm trying to up their story, but it just reminds me of a story that I have to tell them back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Okay. So hang on a sec there. Cause in defense of that, like there's, there is kind of the natural flow of back and forth. You know, yeah. I have a story and you have a story and this is how good conversations go. Like we have an exchange of thoughts. Yeah. So it doesn't mean you can't have a story back, but it's kind of, it's not so much, maybe I should be more specific. Like it's not so much having a better story every time, although that can get a little bit annoying, but it is, it's, it's more about the, I'm not even going to acknowledge what you just said. Okay. I haven't nodded. There's no sign that I'm engaged. I'm in my head thinking of what I'm about to say to you. And then I just start. Okay. As soon as and there's it's a like, pause, I jump in. Yeah. Okay. So so it's super critical then that by in the marriage context that we really make sure we acknowledge. our spouse feels acknowledged. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the next point here, which is listening to understand. 
Okay. So we actually had a whole episode under this yeah. very early yeah. on in our podcast. Man, that's like coming up to five years in a couple of weeks. Wow. Well, do you know what that means, though? It means it would be very awkward to go back and listen to. Oh, I had a client <laughs> tell me the other day she went right back to the start and listened from the beginning. Oh, did she? I'm like, oh. Oh, you, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad she did. Can we wrap the call up now? <laughs> so it's natural for us to listen to respond. Yeah. But we need to listen to understand, especially during arguments. It's all about what shot I can fire back. Yeah. That's not going to go well. Right. But in reality, like if we, we could probably skip half the battles if we just worked really hard to understand each other instead of thought about our return fire strategy. Mm-hmm. And that leads to the idea of shared meaning, which is the moment that you manage to understand what your spouse is saying and in the way that he or she intended for you to understand it, then you've achieved shared meaning. Mm, yeah. Super important for empathy and for intimacy. Okay. And so... There are very important parts of your spouse's experience, their lived experience that you can miss if you aren't paying the right kind of attention, if you're not listening to understand. And if you do not understand in the way that they intend for you to understand it, then how can you empathically enter into that experience? So if we're so busy thinking about what we're going to say back, like we might miss a very precious, vulnerable tidbit of information that they just or something. Yeah, and even but even if they're telling you so that's in an argument especially for sure. But even if your spouse is sharing a story of the day. Yeah. If you're just listening to respond, you're probably not you're either going to try to fix, but what they really need to say or hear you say is, you know, that must have been tough or wow, that was probably scary, eh? Mhm. And that's the kind of like, okay, I get this through your eyes now. It's like, you see me. Thank you. But it can also be the other way around. Like, wow, that would have been exciting. Like, it doesn't have to all be bad. No. Yes. Or sad or stressful. Like, there's two sides here. Yeah, there's positive too. Yeah. So when you arrive at that shared meaning, because you have listened to understand, that's a very, very connected moment. It's intimate. Okay. That's a beautiful thing. Yep. And then the third item is to pay attention. So tied into this is the need to pay close attention to your spouse when speaking. So put your phone down, Mm -hmm. watch your spouse's facial expressions and watch their mannerisms, observe their body language. Are they making eye contact? Are they looking away in sadness and shame? Is their, their posture open and directed towards you or is it closed and turned away? What are the visual cues you can look for to get some more insight into what they might be feeling? This sounds like... Why are you biting your lip? Well, this sounds so stressful. That's like what I did there. I'm ignoring it. <laughs> and I'm just not even going to acknowledge it and go on with my own story. Okay. But that would be so stressful. Like, if I felt like you were always analyzing me in a conversation... Like I just did. <laughs> Caleb, just listen to me. Yes, I'm listening. No, you're not. You're responding. Oh, dear. So, but if I think you're always doing that, like, oh, did she just look away in sadness or shame? Like, maybe I had something in my eye. See, you just looked away right there. I was trying to make the connection to having (laughs) something in your eye versus sadness and shame because I was trying to understand. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just saying, like... Yeah, don't be like... Okay, so don't be like an analytical freak. Yeah, like, you're trying to understand here. You're paying attention so you can understand and you can... What was the other thing? So that it's not all about you, that you're making it about them... But it's not so you can like catch them in the act of sadness or... No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is attunement. So it's just like yeah. I'm paying attention to you. Okay. I'm okay with that. Just like that, hey? <laughs> but it just the way you said it, like... Oh, was it too... Are they looking away in sadness or shame? Like shame on them for looking away when they're... No, 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 no. 
it's like, are they, is there like a, a turning away because they're experiencing shame? Like, is that the empathic signal? So you need to be looking for that so you can enter into it, not looking for it so you can like hit them with a stick. Oh, yeah. That's just all I'm trying to bring out. Don't hit your spouse with a stick. No, like figuratively. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're paying attention. Not to win an argument. Is that what you mean? Yeah, or I feel like if you were like, did you just look away because you're ashamed? I would be like, Take a hike. Right. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> yeah, I probably would. I mean, maybe somebody else would appreciate that. But like, uh, oh, no. I noticed your posture no, is very no. turned away. Like, no, don't be like a bonehead with this. Like, yeah. this is for this is for empathy, people. Not for like this is not, not a judging. Court, not a courtroom. Yes. Yes. Okay. Roger that. I hear you. <laughs> okay. Just go on. <laughs> Okay. So yeah, maybe that was kind of what I was getting to in the next point was this is a huge gift to give your spouse when it's done right because it's the experience of having your spouse's loving, focused, undivided attention on you. Mm-hmm. So the goal is not to judge. You're not being a prosecutor. But it's to gather all the information that you can mm-hmm. to get the best understanding of what your spouse is feeling in the moment. Yep. Hashtag nailed it. I actually just read your point that we forgot a few points up, but oh. that's okay. <laughs> well, thanks for catching that. So, so we let's wrap up with the empathy okay. and intimacy, then kind of pulling this together a little right. bit. So we know what it is now and how yep. to do it. Yep. So how does it affect intimacy? In- well, em- intimacy. Intimacy. Yes. Empathy helps build intimacy because it's all about trying to understand what it's like to be your spouse in that moment or whatever experience okay. they had. So when you express empathy, you're trying to grasp how your spouse feels in that given moment or in that particular situation as they're moving through the world, right? And that sort of, this also bridges the genders as well. So a man can show empathy for what it's like to be a woman or attempt to. And <laughs> what are you, Why are you laughing? <laughs> I was just going to see if you're going to bite on that. Thank you. And the very particular concerns that she might have that you don't have. And I actually, I do think this is important because there's, there is male privilege, right? Okay. And so there's, there's some environments that I go into where like, I'm not, like safety's not on my radar. Right. Okay. And you might go into the same environment it is, right? Yeah. And that's why I need to understand that for you. So I know how to, to properly be with you in those moments. Mm, okay. And vice versa, right? So this can help each person really feel understood and validated and draw you closer. Okay. So maybe a working spouse can show empathy for what it's like to be a stay-at-home spouse. Mm. Understand that what they do is not so easy. Right. So trying to put yourself in your spouse's shoes not only shows care and respect and compassion, but it helps deepen your understanding of each other. Hmm. I think that work one is so critical because I think like for the stay-at-home spouse, it's so easy to think that your spouse, the working spouse, doesn't understand. Yeah. You get to get out of the house all day. You get to talk to, you know, adult individuals and whatever. Yeah. But then for the working spouse or for the stay-at-home spouse to understand the working spouse, like... That that's tiring. That's way. tiring. And they have, you know, timelines that deadlines. aren't de- deadlines and pressure to bring in the dough. Yeah. And things aren't flexible and like their time is laid out for them. And like all that is yep. stressful too. It's very empathic, Rolinda. This is so unusual for me. <laughs> Not at all. You do a great uh, job of this. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, so get an iTunes review. Did we? Yeah. Ooh, five stars. Very insightful series. I recently started listening to your podcast after realizing that my marriage was not in a great place after only four years married. We have been together for six years now, and over time I have come to realize that I feel more and more I do not know my spouse at all. Well, this 
this uh, series would be good. Seeking advice on how to prove my relationship, I came across your podcast. I have listened to many episodes, and in each and every one, I get great advice and can relate aspects of the show to my own relationship. I often send my husband the same podcast by sharing it via text message so that he can listen as well. The recent shows on cognitive bias were fabulous, and I suffer from mood and confirmation bias. That's, huh. yeah. Can I just comment on that? That um, I think uh, it's brilliant that they figured that out. It is, yeah. But and don't be too say? hard on yourself. Right. We all, I don't even know if I would endorse the word suffer, but just encourage you to think about, you know, I noticed that it's an easy trap for me to fall into. Mm. Because yeah. uh, we all have those cognitive bias. Like, you know, I'm the therapist who is quote unquote the expert on this stuff and I have, they're all over the place. I mean, this mm-hmm. is just part of doing life. So, but good for you for noticing. Yeah. So she goes on to say, I felt like you were giving examples of me. Huh. I listened to your series on my days off and while I am getting dressed in the morning for work. I live apart from my husband due to work and only see him every three months. So working on myself while living apart, I hope helps when I return home and we live together again in 2020. Thank you again for what you are doing. Keep up the great research to help those of us that seek research-based advice from experts like yourself. Respectfully, Carrie D. Montana. Alrighty. Thanks, Carrie. Yeah, thanks for that. This is what like means so much that people can listen and learn uh-huh. and change yeah, to and, make their marriage better and grow. and Yeah. And even working on stuff despite adverse circumstances like living apart for work. Yeah. yeah it's tough. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Talking about what to do when your sexual boundaries differ. And I don't mean like when your spouse is cheating on you. I mean when you have like slightly different standards of what you think is acceptable behavior with the opposite sex. Mm. And then that can turn into pretty tense moments. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. That should be interesting. Yep. That is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 235. Find out how you can help. Go to oif.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oif.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.